You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So as promised today, I have Brady, who is in studio with me, and I mean in studio. He's literally sitting next to me because I don't know how to set this studio up. So we're we're like we're basically holding hands right now. And, I'm not in your uh, lap. No, no, so we we make that clear. It is a podcast. He vetoed my idea to have him sit in my lap, so we're we're not gonna do that. No puppet show today. <laughs> so. Um, very cool. I'm, like I said, I've, as he can tell, I've never done this before because um, I'm not set up for this, but I'm, I'm excited about it. It should be fun, and it's going to take a lot of pressure off of me to have to figure out what to talk about. Um, but like I said, I'd like to get your guys' feedback on the football game and all those kinds of things and in the Facebook group and whatnot. So, um, so that, bu- that buzzing, if you heard it, was not me. That was Brady, so that was his fault. So I didn't guilty, mess up this time. Guilty as charged. <laughs> But anyways, Brady and I just wanted to kind of uh, talk about the football game. He was actually at the game, and um, so I get a little bit of a different perspective um, as far as what he saw and all that. Um, but just kind of talking about what we saw and all that kind of good stuff. Had a little bit more time to process everything and kind of go through things. I've been spending my I've spending I've been wasting my entire day arguing with Bears fans. I don't know why I get sucked into that stupid stuff. I have no idea why I get sucked in. I should just let it go. And my whole day. I'm trying to do stuff. I'm trying to mow the lawn, and I'm literally stopping mowing the lawn to check my phone so I can argue back with this guy. Why is stupidity <laughs> so compelling? I don't right? know. I don't... <laughs> and I keep saying, I'm not. I'm just going to let every single time I put my phone in my pocket, I'm like, I'm not going to respond to the next one. I already won this argument. I'm moving on. And I read it, and I'm like, dude, that's so, that's so easy. I'm going to crush yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> you have said that you are compelled to crush stupidity. I, well, and it's not a good thing. It, I'm not bragging. I'm an idiot. It's, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say yeah. Get out of my house. <laughs> I just got here and already I'm anathema. Yeah. yeah. It took that much time. Oh. It was like that. All right. Well, let, let's just, first of all, how was your experience at the game? You know, that's a great question. There were, from what I understand, 72,000 fans at this preseason game. Yeah. Now, obviously, that has... A ton to do with Jordan Love. That would be probably primary. But yeah. also, you know, folks getting a chance to get back to football and watch it on a relatively normal scale. It's not. It's preseason. Everybody understands that. But that crowd, I mean, I've been yeah. to a preseason game or two. That crowd was way better, more energized than any crowd I've seen in a long time at Lambeau Field. Kind of like, would have liked to see the Packers put up a whole bunch more touchdowns in this game. <laughs> but, you know, we know the context and and the experience. You know, I had – I was in the end zone. So, well, to, to answer your question, the experience was great yeah. when they were on my end. You <laughs> yeah. know? So I saw I – mean, I mean, I saw Josh Jackson in full relief getting burned quite frequently. Yeah. The Kylan Hill touchdown, on the other hand, I had a pretty good view of, but it was really distant. But, yeah, this it was a beautiful night. The moon's up over the top of the stadium. Nice. The breeze is blowing at 74 degrees. Football in front of you, and Packer football no less, I don't think I could ask for a whole lot more. I mean, it's it's preseason, but I could, don't think it could get a whole lot better unless the Packers played a little better. Yeah, and, and if the, just just I'm just throwing it out there. If the audio is not super great, I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. It's kind of sitting in between us, so we're both not in a great spot to uh, to talk into it, but um, just, just bear with us. Also, 
probably should backtrack a little bit. Some of you probably have no idea who Brady is. So why don't we start with that? Who is Brady? Uh, well, I am Brady Augustine. I am the co-creator and owner of GreenBayPackerNation.com, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Packer Nation, uh, Green Bay Packer Nation. I also have Bucks Nation and Brewer Nation, by the way. Which I did, are I'm learning numbers. this. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> so yeah, I did flip out when the Bucks won as well. I nice. just had to throw that in. But yeah, yeah. So that's me. So you're not a so you're not a uh, what a, what is it a fair weather band bandwagoner for the Bucks like uh, like the rest of us? No, I've always been a Bucks fan, but I I did sort of sour to NBA basketball for a while. Okay, and then um, you know of course them playing well um, and me trying to capitalize that's on true. that makes a difference true. as well. But I I grew up. My dad was a was the uh, girls basketball coach. I grew up around basketball, high school basketball. I loved watching basketball. And then NBA is just kind of like NFL football. It's a little bit kind of, you know, it's it's not quite as exciting in a lot of ways. But yeah, I got back into NBA, especially NFL. Always been a Bucks fan. So yeah, so the uh, I'm, I I didn't feel the need to introduce him because first of all, I talk about you pretty regularly on the show, but not everybody listens every day. But also on top of that, um, massive Facebook page that that I'm assuming about twenty percent at least of all Packer fans are already. A member of so, <laughs> you got a few on there. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, anyways, uh, how about some quick reactions that you had? Everybody heard my thoughts yesterday. Some of the let's start with the positives. What are what are some of the things that you were excited about yesterday that you saw? Yeah, well, I think you know I got to start with Jordan Love, like everybody's going to do, and yeah. you know, yeah, there was definitely good and bad, and some ugly. Um, you know, in, in fact, ugly being you almost got injured, hurt his shoulder, right, yeah. his shoulder up a little bit. You certainly don't want to hear that. And yeah. you could cert- see in the press conferences that people were concerned, you know, to find out, are you okay? Well, he seems like he's fine. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Didn't get to see him for the second half. That, to me, I would have loved to see this game if Jordan Love got to play out another quarter, which is what it sounded like Matt LaFleur was looking for out of him. Um... But the, you know, if I was going to pick out one play, the touchdown pass to Kylan Hill is kind of an obvious one. Mm -hmm. But to me, what I really loved about that play, there were two things I liked. Excuse me. One was in training camp practice this week, we we were kind of noting that Jordan Love's getting a lot of tip balls, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of typical. If it's Aaron Rodgers behind center, he knows exactly when he's got to drop, change his arm angle. Yep. Jordan Love, that's not something, you know, If un, unless you're a Patrick Mahomes and you play baseball and stuff, you got to grow into that as a skill set. That, my favorite part of that entire play was not the touchdown. Kylan Hill with a great effort, too, by the way. Right. He looks the part. I love yep. it. Um, Josh Myers out with the, the yeah. lead block out there, and then yep. talking about how he's reading the, the defender and stuff. I love that. Yeah. But probably my favorite part of that entire pass, because it's nothing but a little screen pass, was Jordan Love during that play had to change his arm angle. Drops his arm angle, kind of sidearms it, puts it right on target. That's the kind of stuff that I think a next level Jordan Love could be very dangerous if he can do. Um, The other positive I saw, Jordan Love never seemed to bail out and use his athleticism to gain a first down. And I think LeFleur, if I remember, I even talked about it. It's like there were a couple of them. Everybody was covered. He should have just ran. Right, right. But I would rather work with a quarterback who has athleticism, keeps his eyes downfield, and maybe makes a mistake from time to time where he should have gone, rather than a guy who bails out runs all the time rather than keeping his eyes downfield. Yeah. So that was good. The bad to me, I mean, the, I think LaFleur said we could have been stickier on defense. Wide receivers just open all the time. Um, the left side of the offensive line really did. I hope we're kind of over the Yash Nishman yeah. experiment at this yeah. point. 
I hate to anybody lose their job, but I just think no matter what his dimensions are, he's right. just not out there playing good football. And, and again, Jordan Love got hurt, dinged in this one. That's pretty important. So, yeah, I mean, um, well, and then I've got to throw in, if I was going to put an ugly on top of it, the special teams, you know, yeah, they was, need a lot of That was gross. Now. Yeah. Now, I want. I was thinking on the way down, you got to keep everything in context. And I think you talked about it a bit today. Packers team out there last night, they were very much a team that was throwing noodles against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of bubble players that they wanted to see if they could perform. Some of them, you could tell these are guys that they're on their last legs. I would have thought Matt LaFleur might have put in a little better line. I think you mentioned maybe a Billy Turner in the mix just yeah. to protect it. Maybe somebody on the backside because right. I think Nishman was playing on the left. That's pretty scary. But all in all, I mean, I, th- I thought Jordan Love with a good performance. You know, we had some wide receivers. You know, the bottom end of our wide receiver group when you've got, you know, maybe you keep six and one of these guys. And yep. You're going to have to hide everybody else. To see, you know, Begleton out there make a catch um, and, uh, of course, um, Devin Funches, he's a guy that you just, I mean, he's been performing in training camp. He comes to family night and shows it up. And then last night, he was pretty much the guy, too. Um, looked pretty good. But, you know, all in all, it looked like the first preseason game when you had a team out there that was potentially playing like more ones and twos. Yeah. But this is a team that just said, no, we're going to run with the guys that we've got because we want to see what the bottom end of our roster looks like. How strong can the bottom end of our roster right. be? And that's valuable in the preseason. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I think I misread that when I made my bet. Like I said at work, my my thought was the Packers sound like a team that really wants to win this game. They want to get a win for for Jordan Love, but they pulled everybody. They they want to see. I mean, granted, of course they want to win, but um, it felt once you watched the game, it felt more like the Texans were in it to win, and the Packers are, are like you said, they're trying to f- round out the bottom of this thing and find out what they got in some of these other guys. And and I think they got some great information. I mean, at I the end of the too, day. Yeah. The Texans won the game, but, you know, they already know what they got in Kiki Kuti, yeah. right? Yeah. So why is he playing four quarters other than to just win the game? Yep. Um, so, I mean, take the W if you want, but I think the Packers got some real good information. Um, hopefully we got something special in Oren Burks. We'll have to continue to follow that out. Good performance there. Yeah. Um, and that was a great catch, too, by the screen. I'd mentioned today on the uh, the podcast that, you know, it seems like a simple thing, and, and you almost want to discredit Love because you want that first touchdown or any touchdown to be like a 20-yard pass or a 40-yard mm-hmm, right. bomb or something. And you see a little shovel, and you think that's nothing. But like I mentioned, man, th- those things fail all the time. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. You mentioned Jordan Love and his arm angle and all the little things, the offensive linemen, Packers.com. I saw um, Rock did a video, or I don't know if it was a video. He said he was going to do a video, but he talked to Josh Myers um, yesterday about that play and how good of a job he did, and he really did. He he went out, and he not only walled the guy off, but he pushed him into another defender, essentially yeah, taking two guys two on out. at once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is a rookie guy. That, right. You know, you, it, it, after the exit of Corey Lindsley, that's a big vacuum yeah. right there. This kid got sucked into that vacuum, and he has plugged that gap. I mean, again, it's just a preseason game. Yep. You know, but look at the guys he had behind him. You know, and he did not – the thing you want out of a guy like that is either to hear his name never, what you got – Last night was exactly what you said. I mean, he, he basically took two guys out of that play, right. and you could see Kylan Hill, great vision on that play yeah. to see it. He sees big 71 out there and makes his cut. And then you can just see I, – I watch. I did get a chance to watch this. I didn't get to see a whole lot. You can just see in his eye. You could, It's like he either saw or smelled the end zone. And it was yeah. like, oh, no, this is, yeah. <laughs> it's over at that point. 
and sold his soul to get there and did it. You know, so yeah, good stuff out of him. And again, those are guys. I'm with you though, because I before this game, I expected with some of the talk that they would do more to be competitive yeah. in this game. That's not the crew that I really thought right. would be out. You know, A.J. Dillon was there very little. Mm-hmm. He did have a nice backside pickup on pass protection. I was glad to see that. But I would have thought we'd see him more if you really wanted to force you willing. Let's let's give Jordan Love a win. Right. Regardless. We know it doesn't matter, right. but that's the impression I kind of had. I was surprised to see the line that we rolled out there. And right. How, how quick everybody left. Yeah, and like you said, with A.J. Dillon, I thought at least a quarter, you mm-hmm. know, and then you then you sure. got three quarters to evaluate your other three guys and rotate them out or whatever. Right. But, you know, if you want to hammer these guys, give A.J. a quarter and just, just take it to them. Um, like you said about Josh, too, the other cool thing about that particular play, again, that's seemingly in, in, uh, insignificant is the word I'm trying to think of, is in today's NFL, you know, the, the centers and whatnot, you want to get them out in space. That's a big thing. You, you know, you're getting out and trying to cut off linebackers. You're getting out in space and lead blocking and all that. It's not just, and, and I'm, I don't mean to disparage Corey Lindsley because he's one of the best in, in football, but like I've said, the thing that I loved about Corey Lindsley is that he could bench press a truck. Mm-hmm. And that's cool and on a lot of times, but a lot of what, what the NFL is looking for today are these athletic offensive linemen, especially centers, to get out and cut those guys off. So, again, mm-hmm. on a seemingly insignificant play, you've got the center jumping out in front of some guys, walling off and cutting off two players and creating that big big wall there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I, I did want to kind of get into some of what uh, PFF, as far as their grades, stats, snap counts, and all that. But before we get there, just general thoughts on um, the Packers season. I know I, I didn't prepare you for anything I'm about to say, but uh, <laughs> just just right. wh- where are you at with, with the Green Bay Packers? Because, you know, I, I'm very optimistic. I think that they do have the best roster in football. Obviously, that doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl, right. but I think they've got everything in front of them. Um, and I... I genuinely liked what I saw from the defense last night. So just kind of broad broad strokes, what do you think about the uh, the Green Bay Packers in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I think they have a, a rough schedule. I think 17 games is going to be something to manage. I, but I, from everything Matt LaFleur says, he seems to be pretty dang good at that. And we had one of our two years ago, we had one of the most healthy seasons I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to me... You know, what's changed? I mean, the right. fact that they were able to keep this team together, number one, then you add, you bring in, okay, so your big question, honestly, I don't know, here, there, or other, Corey Lindsley leaves. That, to me, yep. is critical. But you get Aaron Rodgers back, Josh Myers is going to be coming up under him, seems to be doing fine. He's picking things up. you got to expect there may be a little, little step back here, step back there, but comes out of Ohio State and just sort of plug and play. You bring in Amari Rodgers get Randall Cobb back. And then on defense, you've got potentially Eric Stokes in the mix. To me, I mean, I can't find a reason to disagree with you other than, yeah. you know, now I, I would be, I'm, I'm interested to see how this new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry does. There was some, you know, there were some coverage issues, yeah. but again, it seemed more like person, you know, the players play the game and you saw two shell, two shell, two shell, two shell, two shell, you know, you could see um, who was it. Uh, one of them, you know, stepping up because he read a run or something like mm-hmm. that. But other than that, and I think Oren Burks, maybe they had a stunt or, or whoever got called for the personal foul. Yes. Other, yeah. Other than that, there's nothing going on. But again, with if he gets this defense dialed in and playing together, you haven't seen Z on the field yet. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen Preston. Rashawn Gary was 
on the sidelines. Jair. Jair, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty critical for yeah, coverage. Yeah, pretty critical. <laughs> um, and the, to me, I'm pretty excited just looking more and more into it. I don't know about you, but just the idea that as long as we run it efficiently and guys are on the same page, it's not going to be as easy to read this defense as right. it was in the past. Critical to my thinking on that was Aaron Rodgers talking about pulling the ball right. down. That, that I still get chills just thinking oh. about him saying those yeah, words. Yeah, and um, and like you said, yeah, you've got everybody is pretty much back on defense. Adrian Amos is going to be in his element in this defense. Yeah, um, yeah we didn't have our safeties either. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Darnell Savage, when Jair, Jair Alexander is not practicing, he and Savage, Jair and Savage are throwing balls around on the sidelines and stuff. It just seems like the chemistry is there yep. on defense. It's going to take some time, I would expect. On offense, once you got Aaron Rodgers back, everybody else was in place, plus you added Randall Cobb. Now Amari Rodgers, because Amari Rodgers has looked like a rookie out there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. He, he muffed another punt yep. just a day after I watched him muff one in practice. Yeah. So, again, special teams has some work, but... You, what what should how, why should I think that this offense takes a step back at this point? You know, I just don't see it. So yeah, it's going to be a tough season. Yeah, they're going to have an extra game, so health is going to be critical. But this offense should be really, really. Be- and I will add this from training camp practice just this week. It's just a few practices, but the chemistry with Randall Cobb looks like it never left the building. I oh, mean, nice. Rogers is already bailing out to him. He's in exactly the right place. It looks sharp. He looks like. He's 31. He looks like a 25-year-old. I mean, he looks like he's locked and loaded and ready for this season. So I think it's going to be a heck of a season. And again, we've gotten to two NFC Championship games in a row. One I think that we were kind of pretty much not in. Right. One that I think we should have won. Right. And then you get Aaron Jones, of all things. Another one we should have mentioned. Yeah. You got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Kylan Hill. Jones comes back because we've got unfinished business. I think this team has unfinished business. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's... You know, as biased Packer fans, it's like, all right, I'm trying to get over that because obviously I'm biased. Obviously, I, I I think the Packers are better than they probably are. But like you said, what what's changed? Like, what is the what is in my own mind? What is the best argument I can make for this team's about to fall off? I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Corey Lindsley's the best thing, but okay, let's say Josh Myers is, let's say about average. He's just kind of a decent guy, which is a pretty big drop off from Corey Lindsley. If even if we just say okay, let's say we get no production from anybody we added, we get nothing from Amari, we get nothing from Randall, and we assume that we get no growth from Zedarius, we get no growth from Kenny, we get no growth from from the safeties, we get you know everything else stays the same. It's still a really good team. So I, that there's no way, and I, and again, I'm 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 kind of asking because I'm wanting somebody to give me an argument so I can be prepared for it because there's probably something, but I'm I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing nothing. That, that should give me pause to say, you know, I don't know if they really got the division. I don't know if this is a playoff team. I don't know if this is a team that's really built for the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. I'm struggling with that. Well, and you've been filling us in on some of the other NFC North teams. If I, Okay, yeah, I'm a Bears fan. Am I pretty excited about Justin Fields? I can see being excited yeah, about definitely. Justin Fields, but I can't see thinking, and their defense still looks good. Sure. Their defense was playing with their hair on fire. Yeah. I didn't even know who was out there because I couldn't see it, but... But at the same time, what else do they got? You know, right. Robinson is still there. They're going to try to get a running game going. If he has to start as a rookie, what what do you expect? You you really expect him to beat Green Bay twice, or right. what? I, I don't understand. You know, so yeah, I mean, you got to compare because if Green Bay can win the division, they're at least in the playoffs. This is a team that 
you you watch him practice. You watch you watch Jordan Love, their draft pick, run the offense. He ran it pretty smooth. Yeah. I mean, we had the the one turnaround where he opened up the wrong direction, but so did Bankert, I think, right. in this game. You know, that's the kind of stuff that the preseason is for. In mm-hmm. context, you're you're preparing for the Saints. Now you go in. Okay, so if you didn't hit the ground running, let's say you had a bad outing to start with. Maybe you could have two or three bad games because it's the beginning of the season. Playing the Saints with another quarterback issue, I think that's a great opportunity for our defense to dial itself in when you're not playing a Drew Brees and you hit the ground running, the offense should be locked and loaded as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you you get a little momentum going and yeah, we got a tough schedule, but this team could be, I think it could be really, really good. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the other thing too is, and I talk about it on the podcast all the time about, you know, nobody has a perfect team. Nope. So if you look at the Vikings and the Vikings fans are like, you know, we're a playoff team. It's like, you know what? You might be. But even if you break down the parts, if, well, our running back's a little better than yours. Okay, how's your offensive line? Well, not quite. Well, how's your quarterback? Mm-hmm. How's right. your corners? Yep. We got you beat in just about every yeah. category. How's and your the number old... two running back? Right. Like... <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so even if we can see like, okay, the Vikings, that's, that's like a playoff caliber team probably. The Packers are so far heads and tails above that. And I'm not saying the Vikings can't. Don't clip this and be like, you said the Packers can't lose to the Vikings. Of course they can. The the Packers can lose to anybody. The point is, they have a better collection of talent than just about any team. And if you want to nitpick and say Tampa's better, fine, whatever. I don't care. It's not that interesting of a discussion. The point is, this is a freaking really good football. And, And just even compared to other Packers teams that are very good Packers teams, I mean, it's even you know you go back and look at some of the defenses we've had, and we were excited about having Clay and a couple like a corner and so I don't remember having, especially when you factor in I don't know the last time we had a good linebacker so it probably wasn't much different in that position but I don't remember saying I like having our defensive linemen, two edge rushers, best corner in football, right. one of the best safety like I just yeah. down the line I just can't remember. And, you know, I, I start seeing people talk about how this can be like 96 Packers, and it's like kind of pump the brakes, but at the same time, it's like it, sh- it almost feels like it should be. It probably won't be, but there's an element where it's like they should be at least, let's say, top five in every category. I'm not saying top one like they were in 96, but why can't it be top five offense and defense? Yeah, and we all understand they got to they gotta play that way to right. make that happen. Um, but, again, this is this is the preseason. You, you there seems to be two. There's podcasters and yep. video guys that say that always are the pump the brakes guys. They're like, just remember, <laughs> n- none of this matters at all. Yeah. And, and then there's the other guys that say, and Bukowski is one of them. He says, get excited. If yeah. there's a re- yes, it may not take place the way that you think. Right. But if you're analyzing it and you're seeing what looks like a really good team, you're going through. Okay, we've got the MVP quarterback. Yeah. We've right. got the best quarterback. Right. We've got Aaron Jones back. You got, and he's going to get paired up with AJ Dillon. I love Jamal Williams, but AJ Dillon, I gotta say, and I, I slathered a little bit about AJ Dillon, and then you didn't see much, you know, last night too much, right? But he, I saw him twice beat cornerbacks around the edge. You can see that right. four or five speed. Right. He can dip a shoulder and just beat a guy, yep. beat a guy to the edge yep. and get vertical, get north and south again. <laughs> now it's two hundred fifty pounds at that speed. Uh. I mean, that's, you know, force equals mass times acceleration. <laughs> I don't want to play defense against AJ. But, but again, yeah, it, you can be realistic, and all we're doing is extrapolating into the future. Yeah. I mean, this team should be good. It's so funny when you bring up stuff like that with Dylan because it's like 
you appreciate all these different guys, but you're so focused on certain things. And then you just bring up like, hey, remember how A.J. Dillon is 250 pounds and he's one of the fastest guys on the team? It's like, oh, I forgot how good he is. That's right. I forgot he's an absolute physical freak. That's right. (laughs) Somebody on my comment line reminded everybody and uh, reminded everybody that, and I I can't verify this. I didn't verify it at the time, but but that Aaron Jones' 40 time was Four five six. He's slower, yeah. And he is. AJ Dillon's four five three. <laughs> right. It's like, are you kidding? Me? It's it's ridiculous. So yep. it's it's, and and it, you know, again, obviously, I'll be the pump the brakes guy. That doesn't uh-huh. mean you're a great running back nope. because you're whatever. Sure but but the cool thing we've seen it. Right. We saw when he had one control of one game. So when you have what it takes to be a good running back, but you also have the power and whatever that stupid formula that you mentioned that I learned in middle school and. Tried to forget on purpose. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, had to bring that one up. You'd be having nightmares. What was tonight. your GPA? I bet it was high. Oh yeah, it was over two. I'll yeah, say that much. Geez, I knew it. It was almost two and a half. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are the guys that we're working with, and and you know you got to look at a coaching. Staff. This is a coaching staff that's not unfamiliar with playoff. What it take? What it? You know, it's as much about what it takes to get to the playoffs right. and play well in the playoffs. Managing the players. You know, he's out there, and that's the reason you don't see a Josiah DeGuara. Mm-hmm. Would I love to see him? The kid is everywhere on the field. Right. And it's like Coach Hahn said, when you roll out a Josiah DeGuara, are you in 12 personnel or are you in 21? Because, <laughs> yes. I mean, he's going to be, right. and I watched him. He's lined up in the backfield, yep. and he, he's taking an inside handoff yeah. and going for four or five yards. But then he's split out wide. Next, he's in the slot. Then he's on the end. I mean, yeah. Would I have loved to have seen him? Yes, I would. Would it have been, is Matt LaFleur smarter just to say, no, we're just going to leave him out? He just came off an easy. Right, and He just exactly. practiced for the first time. This is a team that knows what it's doing from pretty much top to bottom. You know, yeah. there's going to be arguments, of course, about one Brian Gutekunst and that that I'm not going to get into right <laughs> That's now. That's fine. But, you know, I think you've had to fight those battles, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm fighting a battle that nobody wants to hear anymore. Yeah. Which yeah. is the funny thing about doing this, because, like, at least with your show, you got people that you're interacting with. I'm literally <laughs> arguing with myself in my basement by myself. I, <laughs> it's the weirdest little side hobby I've got here, I tell uh-huh. you. It's yeah. crazy. He also tripped out when I hit my pause button, because he doesn't get a pause button when he does He's his live stream. I'm going to have to do that, yeah. He, the you show will return in a moment button. He, he just looked at me like, what's going on? What's, what? He's like, oh yeah, I do that when I just when my brain goes blank. I just hit pause, and yeah. then I reset. So yeah. The wonders. I'll tell you what, man. We're, uh, we're rolling here. We're 26 minutes in. Why don't we go ahead and take a break? Um, one more time, kind of hit everybody with uh, where they can go join all of your stuff, and uh, support you, by the way, because this is where I like to plug what is being supported. And today, we're supporting Brady, so hit him with it. Oh, you're, I'm doing a plug? Yeah, but okay. ask him for money. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, well, <if> you want to... <laughs> I thought you were going to your ad roll. No. Is what I was... No, go for well, it. Well, thank this you, is, This is your ad. You get, the, right. you get the ads today. No problemo. <laughs> yeah, if you want to support me, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Green Bay Packer Nation. It's 99 cents a month. You just click the... If you're watching me on mobile, you just click the badge with a heart in it. You'll get the badge with a heart in it. Or on the Facebook fan page, you, it says at the top, there's a blue button that says support. 99 cents a month is kind of what I'm trying to build to just keep doing what I do on the shows. There's other things that can happen. I am also building the Instagram page. That's at the Green Bay Packer Nation and uh, YouTube.com forward slash Packer Nation as well. If you want to become a patron, that's Patreon.com forward slash Packer Nation. So there you go. You can do that, as you say, as well, for as little as a dollar, right? So There you go. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. 
Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back with Brady, and uh, we're kind of just during the break, which doesn't actually technically exist, but during the break, we're kind of just going through some of the PFF grades and stats and whatnot, and so we kind of wanted to go through that with you, but uh, we didn't touch a ton on the defense yet, and kind of wanted to just go through that. Uh, We did notice highest graded player of all the defenders was Mr. Kabion Ento. Um, Obviously, Oren Burks had a great day, but clearly Ento had a good day as well with that one interception. Um, 82.4 overall. He was the only guys, guy on defense anyways with an 80 overall grade. 75.4 tackling and 83 in coverage. He had his one tackle, his one assist, uh, two targets, zero receptions, and a pick. It's hard to argue with those numbers when when you look at the grades. Yeah, and you um, saw it on full display too. Yeah. yeah. And when, you know, if Eric Stokes, I mean, again, coming in as a rookie cornerback, that's a, that's a tall order. You've got to have right. a guy like KV Ento start performing like that. And that's 56 snaps. It's not, you know, I mean, it's yeah. one thing if he's out there like seven times and gets a pick, it's like, okay, obviously, but that's that's a small. He was out there all day. In fact, if I sort by uh, snaps, third highest, Vernon yeah. Scott and Willington Pavilion were the only two that had more snaps. So, um, you know, I hate to say it, but I talked about throwing spaghetti against the wall. That does not sound like a kid that you're just throwing. I mean, that sounds like a guy that you said, okay, we can shore up one side and then we'll maybe see what we got out of Jackson, which yeah. is where they went all night. Right. And it, and I hate to make the comparison, but it almost sounds like a, a Texans team that realized we can't go to that side. Like yeah. we're, we're not successful over there and then started working the other side, which was Josh Jackson and they were successful. So you keep at it, but boy, that's a, you know, you, it, you, he has to show consistency in this. But, Absolutely. But, uh, that's pretty impressive. It really is. And, and, you know, I mean, you think about while well, the, obviously he's not going to get a starting job or, or, you know, like the main job at corner, but it kind of falls off. I mean, you got... Uh, Jair, you get Stokes, you get Kevin King, and then you got your slot guys Sully, and whatnot. Yeah. But you know, I, there's there's some there's some spots for corners that are available, and um, for Ento, who's had a great camp. I mean, there's been a lot of positives coming out about Ento. 
for him to get that many snaps, number one among all corners, and to do that well. And like you said, you didn't hear his name for a reason. We're both shocked to see, well, maybe you saw it there, but I'm shocked to see the number of snaps he had because didn't hear his name very often. I knew he had a pick and that's about it, but it's because they didn't throw at him. Again, one, or what was it, two targets? That's it all day? Yeah. And then if we look at, uh, we'll just sort by targets. I have a feeling I know who's at, at the top. Josh Jackson was targeted 10 times. 10 times. And he only had 46. He did it again. <laughs> I'm going to let it ride out so we can hear the interruption. I should have just turned it off again when I turned the video off. And I, I actually <laughs> meant I actually meant to hit pause there and I didn't, but I'm just gonna let that that's gonna be <laughs> oh, in the yeah, show we got, now. We got, yep. It's da 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 this is where we sing a duet or something like <laughs> These are these are yeah, okay. <laughs> but oh, while, wait, oh, wait, you're trying to make a living off this show, I forgot, Ryan. My bad. <laughs> that's okay. I'm I'm so far off and it's it, one bad day isn't gonna kill oh, okay. me. I've had many. Um, since we're here, we might as well talk about the guy. And by the way, not the lowest graded guy, but clearly a bad day for Josh Jackson. And, and to be honest, I just feel bad for him. I really yeah. do. Um, he's, he's just, I mean, there's nothing. He had such a promising college career and he's got a lot of talent, right? He's a big physical guy. You see, like I said mm-hmm. earlier in the podcast, you see the upside occasionally. He had yeah. the two nice pass breakups. What did they credit him with here? Um, they only credit him with one. I saw mm-hmm. two. Whatever, but he's one of the better tacklers. Yeah, I mean he's he's a real physical guy, but it's just it's the it's the negatives. And like you said, the Texans clearly knew this is the guy we're going to pick on. And if they didn't plan it ahead of time, they learned it quickly and they kept going at him. Ten targets, seven receptions, seventy percent of those were caught, ninety-one yards. He had one pass breakup. Um, That's too bad. I mean, you know, I hate to act like his career is over. I'm sure he'll if if we end up letting him go, somebody will pick him up, and maybe he'll find something somewhere yeah, but special teamer it was at the field it w- my cousin jeff was there and we were just turning to each other every time and saying okay he was off and inside this time then he was off and outside off and inside off and inside it was just you know, he just he doesn't have enough athleticism to break on the ball and again the texans were rolling out some better players relatively speaking but again he's a second round draft choice. you know this yeah, isn't a guy that exactly this isn't a guy that we were just hoping would stick so next up on the list, actually, and, and um, I'm, I'm putting everything in the context of, of Oren Burks because we all know how good he was, <laughs> but the next highest, not named Oren Burks, uh, Henry Black, second highest graded player, another guy that's been making some splash plays mm-hmm. in camp, um, safety, 41 snaps, so he was out there quite a bit, obviously, and, and, and it's exact same situation. We know the number one guy, we know the number two guy, after that, we kind of think we know what's going on, but I think it's a little more malleable, mm-hmm. and Henry Black's making a case for himself. Yeah. Not that PFF is the be-all, end-all, not that they maybe didn't get a slight different evaluation, but from where I'm sitting, sounds like he had a real good day. 76 overall grade, 79.4 tackling, 71 in coverage, run defense was 65, so nothing negative, all positive, uh, two tackles, zero missed tackles, one of them being a stop. Um, which means more coming from the safety spot to come up and make a play like that. Right. And that, and just to interject, yep. that's an important part of Barry's defense, too. Yeah. Now, these safeties, we're going to see, there's the, you, I don't know if you've had to argue this, too, but you have to maintain the lightest box you can. And you still have to stop the run, but you have to do it with as many guys that can cover as possible yeah. anymore against these. Those safeties coming into it, if they can come up and run support, especially on the backside if you got shifts across, Yeah. That's going to be important. A kid like that that can come up, get his nose in, and has the right attitude, if nothing else. If yeah, and that, 
it, the biggest thing that I loved about watching this defense, despite, again, I was kind of nervous about the giving up the third downs and a couple other things, right. but this defense attacks, mm-hmm. and I love it. So you got the, the linebackers just shooting all yep. the time, just firing, 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 and you got the safeties kind of doing the same from up top. So they're as they're firing down, you got a running back coming in. They're just shooting. It's just a – it is an attacking defense, and that gets me excited. Again, the expectation is – you're going to see more fun and exciting things like that. You're going to see more stops, tackles for a loss, like we saw from Burks, who had a ton of them, um, sacks and picks and those things. But you're probably going to have you know a couple busted plays. You're going to have that sure. third and seventeen that gets converted because the blitz got picked up, whatever. But right. um, you know if if you can buckle up and strap in for that, I think it's going to be an exciting defense. Well, and I think I can just historically speaking. I mean, it does. You know, even in the Petten era, this this is a defense that kind of seems to know how to make it work when it really matters. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, you oh, might yeah. get us out, but it, you're not going to get us next time. Yeah. We understand that it's time to tighten up, and they've been able to do it quite a bit. Um, you know, not perfectly, of course, but like you say, with a new scheme, yeah. I've got to feel like these – I mean, if you're a defender, if you're Oren Burks, are you not excited right oh, now? Geez. Like, there's no guarantee that this is going to be him, but you get this new defense in, all of a sudden I have a night like this that I haven't been able to have since I was drafted? Something's going on there. I yeah, guess. and it, and that's and that's the biggest thing too. And I, I kind of alluded to that. And I'm kind of curious, and I don't know how quickly I can do this, but I pointed to the fact that this guy does not get good grades. He he had a 32 overall grade last year. If we just go back to last year in the preseason, um, let's see if oh 2019 was his last one. I'm just trying to see if this guy has ever had like a positive. So he had like a 67 overall grade. He's and I don't mean to be mean about it. This is a compliment, but. We've never seen him do anything positive. We've never seen him get good grade consistently. When when the defense, when I go through these grades, Oren Burks is at the bottom. If he's not the last guy, he's one of the it just was not working. And I was a hundred percent ready to just accept the fact that it's a done thing. So yeah, I do think it's reasonable to say not to try to overreact and pretend that I see something that I don't, because maybe it's just one of those things where it just happens to be his first day as the first time he's playing in Joe Barry's system. But I happen to think that maybe the way Joe Barry plays defense and expects his guys to play defense just fits what Oren does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 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 we knew about the speed and the agility and all these kinds of things that he does. And for whatever reason, maybe that didn't play with Pedden, where he's got his guys kind of statically standing in the middle of the field waiting for these big offensive linemen to come push him out of the way. Maybe saying, hey, Oren, rather than waiting for them, why don't you just shoot as quickly as you can into the backfield and see what happens? Which makes a lot of sense. It does. What does he struggle with when, when linemen get his their hands yeah. on him? He's not a big stack yep. and shed guy. It's because he's not a big guy. He's long, yeah. but he's supposed to be able now him being able to cover, I think, is probably my biggest concern. It, it is. But that his body type is different. It's not one of those guys that's going to take on a, a guard uh, from a standstill position and then be, be able to stack and shed him and go make a play. So I think you're I might really have your finger on something in terms of him as a run support yep. linebacker yep. in terms of they're bringing him down downhill. Because he is athletic. He's fast for a linebacker. Yeah. He's another 4-5 four, guy, 4-6. Four, yeah, I just got rid of it, but it was in that range. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you're right, because you know a lot of people are going to be upset, and, and that's going to be their anti-PFF thing, is he should have been the highest-graded guy. I can tell you why he wasn't. He had a 60.8 coverage grade. Right. right. So and, and again, like I said earlier today or yesterday or whatever, I, my days are confused. Yesterday for you, um, there's more to play in linebacker than just shooting – at the offensive line, and and I'm glad that he's really good at it, and I know that they're going to be able to, if he's if he gets playing time, and I hope he does, that's something that's going to be incredibly valuable. Blitzing, mm-hmm. you know, not just 
blitzing the quarterback, but they were blitzing on running downs. I mean, that was part of the reason they brought guys down, it's, it, which is a weird concept, but they're blitzing to get the running back and attack at, at, at behind the line of scrimmage. He did a great job, but he is still struggling in other areas. And again, um, not that 60 is bad, but it's still not a strength of his. Right. Um, anyways, real quick, since we're talking about it, Oren Burks, um, he did end up with two pressures. That's tied for most of anybody on the team. Chauncey Rivers, uh, who's been... You know, not named Rashawn Gary, probably the best pass rusher in camp as far as I can tell. So he had his two pressures. But Arm Burks had two pressures, a sack and a hurry. He had uh, three tackles, three assists. He had three stops, which is incredible when you have three tackles and three mm-hmm. <laughs> three stops. Yeah. Um, he was targeted twice, one reception for 12 yards. Um, I don't think I finished what I was talking about with Henry Black. But anyways, it was it was just it was such a fantastic day for Oren Burks and I'm I'm just really happy for him and I, and I'll be honest unless he falls apart in these next couple of days I don't know how you're like you know what that was a good day but I think we're done with you yeah yeah I, you really got to be tempted to say this is a guy we got to keep around and see if he can keep his up of course he's gonna have to be consistent through the rest of the sure. season but you know I'm just thinking off the top of my head you know you think the two guys that you're gonna circle when Joe Barry comes in and say well, maybe they'll get a chance because we got a new defensive coordinator. To me, it's Josh Jackson and Oren Burks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, in a perfect world, we'd get both of them. Who really thinks that's going to happen? If at least Oren Burks exactly. can get a job and show himself the athleticism he had, like you said, we'd love to see Josh Jackson. Maybe he gets a job, you know, as a special sure. team specialist sure. or something like that. But, but Oren Burks being consistent, playing like that, he's he's making a pretty compelling case. Yep. The the only thing I left out about Henry Black, by the way, I mentioned two targets, one reception. Um, that was for zero yards. So um, <laughs> yeah. not not uh, not much of a ding there. Yeah. Um, another interesting little note here, Oren Bur- Burks ranked fourth. There was one other guy that ranked above him, and it was a linebacker. It's another linebacker that has not been overly successful so far. He's a similar kind of build to Oren Burks. He's a smaller, speedier kind of guy, yeah. and that's Ty Summers. Um, he did only have 28 snaps, but it's still big enough to say that it's not nothing. Um, 75.8 overall grade, 76 against the run, 80 tackling, um, and 68 coverage, which is not terrible. He had four tackles and then an assist. He also had three stops, which again is incredible. Uh, one target, one reception for three yards, which, you know, none of these guys seem to be very good in, in coverage. And, and I'm not saying necessarily that that means they can carry him down the field, but if this is, this is the result of the defense is that they're not good in coverage and they're getting a bunch of dinky, dunky little three-yard, two-yard, one-yard res- I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's basically a trade-off of a running game. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, and again, I don't know exactly how this is playing out, but if, if that's what, what this is, and if that's how this operates, and you've got guys just playing that aggressive, and at the end of the day, a, a poor coverage grade means you can't cover the guy coming across the middle, but you bring him down two yards past the line of scrimmage, I mean, I, I, there's nothing here that I'm looking at going, yeah, but he kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. solid. Well, and your your comment on a, a, an attacking defense, too, you know, rather than sitting and waiting and being passive and then hoping that you've got a linebacker backer that's going to flip his hips and run with, like, a slot-wide receiver or a running back out of the backfield, they could have more success just by that attitude and the way that they're, they're, they're facing the line of scrimmage and, and, and attacking. Summers with... Less snaps have, tells me, and I don't have like how many times we were in nickel, how many times we were in dime, but that just tells me Burks was performing and they started passing the ball. You know, they started successfully throwing the ball to the edges, and uh, probably we had one inside linebacker on the field, maybe more than generally we would. 
And I'm expecting, you know, one, two ILBs quite often, and we've already seen them try to roll out, even though we lost an edge rusher in Ramsey, but we've tried to roll out three outside linebackers and, and just have that one inside and then, and then put the shell behind it. So I imagine that Summers, but, but he's got a smaller sample size and still performed overall better, you know, in terms of the grade. So that's a great day for him too, really. And again, I don't want to overreact, but, right. but here, here's, here's an observation I just had as I was staring at this, because this is interesting. I wanted it because we're, we're, we're kind of running up against it here. I wanted to just kind of summarize. And I noticed as I was looking at it, look at, look at the positions here. The other guys that graded out well. So you've got third best Ty Summers linebacker, fourth best Oren Burks linebacker, fifth best Ray Burt Wilburn linebacker, sixth best Chris Barnes linebacker. Again, I, I don't want to blow this up into something that it doesn't have to be, but we've consistently struggled with linebackers. We know, again, Blake Martinez went somewhere else and was fine. And when you say linebacker, you're basically talking inside because you're talking exactly, linebacker right. versus edge. So, exactly. Because our, our edge are technically linebackers too, right. but... That is a huge group of ILPs that we would not have expected to perform. But go well, ahead. Here's, and, and here's the thing. And, and again, so it's, it's – I do think scheme plays a part in this. And it's possible that we've got these guys that may – you know, I'm not saying they're the best going to be the best linebackers in football, but that, that possibly can produce in this system. And again, it's one preseason game, but here's the thing. I mentioned consistently last year – that when you look at the defensive grades, at the bottom of the list is usually linebackers. With with Mike Pettin and the guys we had, it just didn't work. I went back real quick while while Brady was talking, and I looked at the 2020 defensive overall grades. Here it is, reading from the bottom up. Oren Burks, linebacker. Chris Barnes, linebacker. Christian Kirksey, linebacker. Ty Summers, linebacker. The worst four players last year on defense were linebackers. Does that sound like a coincidence? That, that's what I'm saying. That's, at yeah. some point... Yeah. It's it's a conspiracy theory that's you know is it is it crazier to to believe it or not believe it at this point? Right. Um, so I mean again yes one preseason game but it's worth at least exploring because and there, and again the reason it's interesting to me is there were no flukes last year there were no flukes where all of a sudden the linebackers looked really good they were just consistently the biggest drain on this team and week one when our linebacking coach defensive coordinator comes in. The guys that shine are the linebackers. So at, at least it's promising because that and, and the reason it's exciting too is it's the one weakness that that can really break this team. And it's the one area where we look at and go, we don't have a stud. You know, exactly. Zadarius, yep. Rashawn, Preston, Kenny, uh, Adrian, Savage, Jair. Jair. Yeah. Um, every other position you look at, you know you got studs. And it regardless of scheme, they'll be all right. We don't have a stud at linebacker. If we have a scheme and a coach that is able to use what he has and turn these linebackers into, I don't need studs. I don't need freaks. I just need guys that can do their job and not not be a liability. And this this defense, holy cow, that's massive. It reminds me, just when you mention that, it kind of reminds me of our offensive line. You know, we got a new offensive line coach, Montgomery, right? He comes in. The old guy exits, beloved coach. Then you bring in Elton Jenkins. Now, Elton Jenkins is a freak of nature in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Yep. But for him to perform the way he did as a rookie, that is pretty rare. Josh Myers comes in. Now, he's going to have to call protection and stuff like that. Yeah. He's performing immediately. The coaching staff, and, and like you, you're focusing more on scheme because the yep. defense it's a new scheme. Right. But but we know we've got a good defensive coaching staff yeah. in place. And, and potentially... 
that new scheme and a new defensive coordinator, a guy who's got a little fire in his belly. Mm-hmm. It look, I mean, again, is it a coincidence? It's it's great that you flipped that around from last year, yep. and it's exactly from the bottom up. Right, the guys that were the top down. Now they got to be consistent with it. But again, the, the Packers were putting everybody. They were those were pretty much all bubble players. Mm-hmm. Even Eric Stokes didn't even play. Right, did he? I was a expecting. Little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Texans were actually tr- The Texans, I really, truly feel like they kept their guys out there. They wanted a confidence boost. This is a, yeah. they needed they, to and they do. the it makes sense. Packers in a, even in a preseason. Right. Game. Yeah. And they did everything they could. Well, yeah, they found Josh Jackson plenty of times, but to still, in light of that, see Oren Burks and Ty Summers performing like that to me, it's like you say, it is encouraging. Yes. It doesn't mean a whole lot. We got to keep doing that. See how what happens during the regular season. But. I don't know how profound this is because it probably isn't. But I was trying to reconcile in my brain between overreacting and, and not sounding stupid because it does matter, right? I mean, there's a reason the coaches get upset at stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the coaches don't go to the press conference after the game and be like, "Who cares? It's just a freaking preseason game." No, yeah. they're going in there yeah. yelling at guys and saying that's not good enough, you know, and they're trying to clean stuff up. So obviously, it matters, but. My thought on this is there's a big difference between reaction and overreaction, right? You're allowed to react. You're allowed to look at it and say, hey, Oren Burks had a great day, and that's awesome. It's good for him, and it might mean something. We Not might. It will mean something if he can carry that on through the regular season. And if it's not Oren Burks, if it's just if there's something here with these linebackers, it does mean something, and it's worth at least exploring it. Overreacting would be looking at it and saying Oren Burks is going to be a freak. Well, exactly. uh, we yeah. don't know exactly how this is going to translate, but... I do think some people get a little, you know, if you say anything, if you mentioned Oren Burks had a great day, people are like, you're an idiot, it's preseason, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, yeah. okay, I, you're allowed to react, you're allowed to have opinions, you're allowed to be happy or mad or sad. Yeah. It just, you can't draw definitive conclusions sure. based on a preseason game. Ask Oren Burks if this game mattered. To him. Yeah, no That's kidding. why I always say, you look at these, you can... People say it doesn't matter what they generally mean. I'm not interested. Okay, I can understand you, but but don't sit there and tell me that Ty Summers, this game doesn't matter for. Right. Oren Burks, it doesn't matter for. Guys like Black, yeah, it matters. And like you say, the coaches. This yeah. is their best evaluative tool they've had. Obviously, they're doing more intricate stuff during practices, but I watch those practices. They are very limited. This is a full game of, of information. Imagine how absurd it would be to cut guys based on things that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new way of doing it. Wait a minute. When the fans take over. You can't cut me for that. That game doesn't even matter. It's preseason. That's I was right. on I was on Twitter. They all said it didn't yeah, matter. That's right. I, you can't cut me for yeah. that. All right, or, so or, okay. <laughs> No, I just we're we're uh we're I, I want to kind of speed it up a little bit. So just a couple guys that at the top of the list, then I'm gonna skip the mediocre guys, and again, we can kind of analyze it more tomorrow or whatever. But I do want to get to the bottom of the list and at least touch on it. I don't want to dump on anybody. But, you know, it's, it's a part of the thing. So uh, the only other guy that was in the 70s was Chauncey Rivers. Uh, he did have his two pressures. Um, he played 41 snaps, so another guy that was out there quite a bit. Um, Chris Barnes, by the way, only 13. If you go down to the, let's say, negatives, I don't know how much I want to do because there's a big pile of 50s here, but um, I guess we'll just do the whole thing, starting from not super terrible down to terrible. Jack Heflin who I'm not mad at because he had that one play where he caught the guy from behind. Yep. He maybe got pushed around the whole rest of the day. I don't know, but that one play in my mind, yeah. good enough. Um, Shamar Jean Charles. Um, now, Matt LaFleur did highlight him in his press conference or afterwards or whatever, talking about how he thought he had a pretty good day. He said he'd still have to go back and look at the tape, but he had some splash plays. 
clearly had a couple that weren't great. Five targets, three receptions for 32 yards, which 32 yards, not including Josh Jackson, is the most any one person gave up. So he did get picked on a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, so there's that. Now he's from App State, right? Yeah. He's the kid from App Yeah, he's right yep. up the road from me. Oh, yeah? In Tennessee, yeah, about 45 minutes away. Next on the list is Eric Stokes. He only played 13 snaps. Again, not a terrible grade, but 55 overall. Um, of his 13, only six of them were in coverage. And it looks like one target, one reception for four yards. Again, small sample size. But to be completely honest, as bad as the reports have been, he didn't get picked on. So I'm going to call that a win. Yeah, yeah. He, as far as I can tell, he held his own. And again, it's a four-yard reception. Yeah, and that's a, such a tough position to right. come in and play. You know, uh, yeah. So he's going to have to take time. He's going to have to go. We, we, bottom line with him, we need to see more than 13 snaps. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, I would will just before you go on yep. from him, I will say you see him on the sidelines and you can see that length. That kid is, yeah, he is made to be an NFL quarter cornerback. He, he just needs to get coached up and, and needs to learn a few things. But yeah, I think he'll still be good. Well, he's he's Kevin King 2.0, and I don't mean that negatively. I mean they're they're right. taking another swing at that prototype yeah, of a player sure. because because it matters. It I mean sure everybody does. wants to have the Richard Sherman, the long, right. lanky, lanky, fast, physical guy. Mm-hmm. Kevin King doesn't look like he fully, despite having some real you know high upside, um, never really fully materialized. And they're going to try it again with Eric Stokes. And if he hits, it's 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 not a it's not a small thing, especially with Jair on the other side. Uh, Carlo Kemp was next on the list, uh, 19 snaps, 54 overall grade. Josh Jackson, surprisingly not at the bottom, but again, he did have some pretty good plays in there. Tackling grade, not surprising, was quite high. He's, he's always been quite good at that. He did have five tackles. He did have the pass breakup. Um, Dijon Harris, linebacker. I know I said linebackers had a good day, but not all of them. Um, unfortunately, he was struggling most against the run, 42 overall grade. However, he was one of the highest coverage grade guys on the team. So if there's anything, yeah, I mean, if there's anything for him to kind of sink his teeth into is the fact that a lot of these other guys struggle with coverage and are, right. are kind of stepping up. Um, not that I'm expecting him to necessarily do too well, but he's, he's got a case to make there. Uh, Dominique Martin, cornerback, and then we get down into the 40s where we had Kadar Holman, who played 20 snaps, 46 overall grade, 42.8 in coverage. Now, no targets, no receptions, so it's one of those things, if you want to analyze it, you're going to have to do it on your own. I don't have anything for you. I didn't go back and look at it. I don't know if you ever saw him out there when you were uh, watching. No, not him in particular, yeah. So yeah. it would just be a simple thing if he just didn't do a good job covering yeah. his guy and, and the ball didn't come his way. Right. Um, Tyler Lancaster actually was second from the bottom, which surprised me a little bit. I kind of liked the defensive line and what mm-hmm. they were doing. I thought... You know, again, I mentioned the the one thing that scared me is that first and second down, they looked real good. They shut them down, and then third down, they gave up the big play. But I thought they had a real hard time, not so much at toward the end of the game, but running the ball early on. I mean, there was nowhere for those guys to go. Yeah, I would not have thought Lancaster quite that far down, but they did have some success overall then running the ball. Maybe yeah. that's where it came from. Is you know. Yeah, and it's, it's 10 snaps, so he wasn't out there very much. So I don't remember who was out there during the good plays and the bad plays, but it, it is what it is. And then finally, the guy at the bottom of the list, not a lot of snaps, not a lot of opportunities, and I don't think it's because he's, he's an automatic. Um, unfortunately, Josh Avery, nine snaps, 35 overall grade, 36.2 against the run. Um, I do want to switch quickly over to offense. And <laughs> if, if you got time, we got... <laughs> hey, I'm here all Haven't night, even touched friend. offense yeah. yet, so let's see what yeah. we can do. Last break, I was upstairs making popcorn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, during that half-hour commercial break. Um, so I, I mentioned it on Twitter. 
Didn't notice it in person. I don't think, I, I don't know. Did you notice, was Royce out there when Love was out there? Uh, that's a great question. I don't I think don't he would have been, but. remember, I don't think so either. Anyways, Royce was the highest graded guy, which, and, and this is another area. There's always those little things you say where people are like, well, this is how you know PFF is dumb. The offensive lineman graded out decently. And Royce Newman was at the top of that. And we can look at the specifics. There were, oh, whatever, I'm not going to do it right now. I think there were like uh, six pressures where all that was actually physically given up by the offensive line. Um, but Royce Newman had, uh, I don't believe, any pressures given up. 81 pass blocking grade, 78 run blocking. Obviously, he's going up against the lesser Texan defensive line, but still a positive. Um, I tell you, when I see his number 70, I really do think I saw him, but the name doesn't. I just want to look really quickly here and see if we can see what Royce did just to make sure. Um, the other interesting thing we can look at, if I know where I'm going here. Yeah, but it looks like uh, Royce Newman played uh, right guard exclusively. Uh, and other, another interesting little tidbit. I know we all know that this is a zone blocking team, but for him in particular, 10 of his uh, run blocking assignments were zone blocking, only two gaps. So um, still very heavy in that regard. And again, he graded out really well as a run and pass blocker. But uh, as we come back here, second highest graded guy was Malik Taylor. Obviously, we know Devin Funches had a good day, but uh, they put Malik just a slight bit ahead of Devin. No question, though, he had a pretty good day. He sure did, yeah. What do you have, six catches, 60 yards, something like that? You know, and, and this is him, with him, it, you know, you already he's a veteran guy. You just want to see if he's in shape after being out last year, and does he, you know, go out there and perform like a pro wide receiver, which is already what he is, and he has done that in spades, as far as I'm concerned. He's one of the guys on the sidelines during training camp that's pumping the crowd up. Yeah, he's relaxed. He's just kind of in the zone. Him and MVS both, and really seems like a good fit at this point. I know there's other, you know, Juwan Winfrey. Everybody, I tell everybody. A lot of times that wide receiver that splashes early in camp is going to fade late, and yeah. Funchess, to me right now, is really taking the torch. Yeah, well, speaking of, Funchess was actually the third highest graded guy. Uh, looks like he had six receptions on seven targets for 70 yards. 70. Uh, yeah, 76 overall grade. Um, obviously had a real good day. And, and, and again, it's kind of like I said on the podcast yesterday, he's kind of a man among boys. When you got a bunch of backups out there, Funchess is not a backup. And we shouldn't be thinking of him as such. I mean, this is a professional football player who has been a number one or number two for just about every team he's ever played for. He's a grown man, and he and he plays good football. And you put him out there with with backups, and he's yeah, he's going to tear it up. Show, yeah. He's yeah. he's a good football yeah. player. Um, the one that's going to send everybody into a complete tizzy is the number four overall highest graded player for the offense was, and I'll let you pronounce it because everyone yells at me for how to say his name. Well, okay, if you're going to make me pronounce it, I, I have will. to say, to me, it's always Yosh, because I went to undergraduate with a, a, a Japanese guy named Yoshia. Oh, see, he's not Japanese, though. Yeah, I know, I know. So I, it's so hard for me to say Yosh, <laughs> but I, I, I soften the, G, the J, I call him Yosh Nijman. All right. So it's Neiman, silent for most people. I don't know. Usually I'll listen for the kid to say his own name. That's yeah. what I'm always hoping to find. But exactly. this guy, nobody's asking him any questions. <laughs> now maybe he got such a great PFF grade, he'll get a press conference or something or a yeah. locker room interview, and we can hear him say his name. Well, everybody's obviously very mad. And my my, I'm saying Yash, uh, I don't even know what I say anymore. Nyman. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them he, he gave up one sack, and obviously it was a bad one. And we know the pressure was on all day long. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of focus in on Yash because – 
you know, when you see Jordan Love constantly under pressure, 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 and the one that's burned into our head is the strip, which obviously he just got annihilated on that. And it's not necessarily to say that he had a great day all day, but um, again, I think there was only six actual pressures recorded on here against Jordan Love. Now, granted, I think he did throw early because the pressure was coming, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like... Justin Fields, if I may continue to pick on him, where he could stand there for four or five seconds if yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. Jordan didn't have that. So it wasn't yeah. technically a recorded pressure, but the, the pressure was coming. But anyways, um, from their perspective, 68 overall run blocking grade, 75 pass blocking, not a terrible outing for Mr. Nyman or however he says. Yeah, yeah. We just need to make up a new one. We just need to come together on our way of pronouncing that's it. true just let everybody fall in that does feel like something that that i would want to do we yeah. should just something He's just asking for it yosh isn't bad because <laughs> it's because it comes josh for crying out loud <laughs> i just Give like it because break. your explanation of you call him that because of, of a <laughs> japanese, japanese guy dude, i, I think that's what we have with. to do isn't that what you're supposed to do yeah let's yeah. find you know a, a monty python character <laughs> or something who was named that call him yosh because i thought he was japanese i don't know <laughs> isn't it short for yoshi <laughs> yeah yeah Ay, yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've seen the team in person. All year, you know? <laughs> Who is this kid? I know he's been around for like twenty years now, but yeah, I don't. Well, I, I can't. I, I can't dog him. He had a good day, so I'll leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, fifth highest graded guy, which should make everybody happy. Mister Jordan Love, QB two of the Green Bay Packers, seventy two overall grade. Um, I Just do the wave. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Um. I, I'm I'm happy. Like if if you'd have told me that he was going to go out, it was going to be relatively vanilla. But he was going to take what was given to him. He's going to get a 70 overall grade. He's not going to make yeah. huge errors, like you mentioned. He rolled out the wrong way the one time. Uh, somebody else pointed out to me that on that strip, he could have stepped up in the pocket. I didn't go back and watch, but that's yeah. it's one of those things that you know maybe yeah maybe Rogers doesn't get hit there or whatever. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, and I've only been, you know, I've been here for a week, he's stepping up into that pocket. Yeah. They, you know, and LaFleur said his footwork could use some work. You gotta expect that out of a kid. Sure. He's not breaking and running every time the pocket breaks down, and the pocket broke down a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I the one thing that upsets me the most about that whole play is he was gonna cut it loose, and I really wanted to know where that ball was going. Because <laughs> that was a critical, I mean, that was a yep. critical down, and I, I wanted, you know, I, you could just see him rearing back, and I'm like, oh, I, I just had a feeling because he was on target all day. Well, I want to say that Sternberger, that third down to Sternberger yeah. on the on the tracks there, he had a guy coming off his left. The ball could have been thrown right. just a shade bit further, but he put it pretty much right on the money sure. with pressure immediately on his left. I don't exactly. know if it ended up hitting him or not, but it was dang close. That's NFL, that's pro caliber stuff. Exactly. And it, it's kind of like we talked about before. You know, it's one thing to go out and put out the stats and do all these things, and that's great, and it builds your confidence. But you want to talk about NFL level caliber. Uh, why can't I think level of that? Level caliber is. Calibration. We're talking about calibration. <laughs> Anyways. Um, evaluation, you know, trying to figure out what he can do. When you're talking about how do you throw when you're running away and falling away, it wasn't just that play. There was another one somebody yep. put on Twitter. I think it was to, to might have been to Jace also, but he was diving. I mean, he, he was literally yep. like diving out of the way from getting hit, and he threw off a of one foot and he completed the pass. So this is what <clears throat> you know the Packers saw in him right. in a bad year. They they saw a kid right. in a bad year where the team around him was falling apart. Get up, 
Not get yeah. too low, not that's, get too high, and just keep delivering. That's where the Texans messed up. They thought that they'd shake him with that. This is what he did for yeah, he's four like, years. He's at, like, what at, is this college? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is no. That was probably from his perspective. This is the best offensive line oh, he's played. Yeah, with. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no run game. His guys aren't sure. getting open, and he's got pressure sure, in his he's face. Had the same coaches for two years yeah. in a row. You know, I mean, yeah. give me a break. This is heaven. This, for this is a love. great yeah. day. <laughs> um, finally, the last two guys that rounded out positive: Cole Van Lannen. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wisconsin Badger, local guy, um, 70 overall grade. Pass blocking was only a 60, but 74 overall run blocking. And then finally, another guy you just love to see, Jay Sternberger. Yeah. Um, and, and part of the reason is, and I mentioned this before too, you start to hear the positive reports out of camp and you think, is that a fluke? Is that going to continue on? You get one preseason game and he kind of shines as a star. You get the quick dump off, you get the deep shot. I have to comment on that, yeah, because I've been pretty negative about him in terms of um... – He's not one of the versatile guys, you right? Know, and that's what they love. They love a guy that can, you know, like J- uh, Josiah DeGuara. Right. He's not that at all. He's moved tight end. He's not going to probably block great. Right. In camp, I I started ragging on him. He dropped two, sure, and caught one. Yeah. It's not a great percentage. So I think I'm sitting there going into this game. I'm thinking, you know, Jay Sternberger. This, I mean, they, he may be on the outs sure. at this point, regardless of draft status. What I noticed, and I remembered going back in my mind, the training camp practice, both of the drops were in drill work. Okay. The catch was in 11 on 11. I turned to Jeff, and Jeff asked me, you know, Jace makes this a brilliant catch. I mean, schemed open pretty well, but nice throw, makes the catch. I just had to ask, is he maybe one of those kids that just when it when it's for real, yeah. he performs? Yeah. And that, I mean, and that's not a great thing. Like, if you're not no, mentally into it because yeah. it's practice yeah, or whatever, exactly. but... I'll take it. I'll take it if it's on the field <laughs> yeah. during game day. And it's just up to the coaches, I guess, at that point to parse right. it out. I still think he's up against it a little bit in terms 100%, of not yeah. being versatile. You know, if he was out there running special teams or something, you know, but. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's not just that. There's a little bit of the off the field. Um, there is probably some mental stuff. You wonder if he's into it because, you know, a lot of those tight ends, especially are grinders. I mean, Mercedes mm-hmm. Lewis and and uh, Tunyon is a guy that just worked his way up and he's he's in the books and. You know, these guys work real hard, so if you're kind of taking a little bit off and you're you know, having a little bit too much fun when you should be studying and working. Um, but but again, Jace, he's a talented guy, and if he can yeah. just unlock yeah. a little bit of that, and, and you know, I've been very negative on him basically since he's been drafted just because he hasn't put anything out there yet. Right. But just like Burks, if you're doing it, you're doing it. I, 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 I'm not so stuck in, you know, there's certain people you see it on Twitter or whatever, when they start talking bad about a guy, they won't let it go. Yeah, they can't let it go. But yeah. I don't know, but I got a Packers shirt on. You got a Packers shirt on. I, I feel like if a guy does well wearing a Packers uniform, you got to get happy him, about yeah. it. And when they don't, we got to hope next time around they get better. Right. You know? and, and yeah, it's difficult if you have a track record of not being right. good to just all of a sudden change. But you know, in this system, if Jace Sternberger can run that route right down the tracks, grab the ball, uh, yeah, he can perform. He can he can be a weapon in this offense. And that's cool because that's kind of what he, like you said, he's not super versatile. He's not going to be yeah. lining up as a fullback or any of that kind of thing, right. but he's going to be the guy that lines up in the slot mm-hmm. and is going to pull a linebacker and he's going to yep. beat the linebacker. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's beating linebackers down the field. Yeah, and Matt LaFleur's talked about that. He's, you know, it's kind of like a basketball team. You want to have a bunch of different guys. Yeah. And if he keeps, you know, he's going to have to stay consistent as well. And I mean, he's got a little, this is a pretty good prove it year, I think, for him. Sure. But, uh, yeah, let the kid go out there and play. Not technically a 70 overall, but I want to throw it out there anyways because I'm happy for him. Josh Myers was 8th overall, 68.5, 80 overall pass blocking grade, 66.6, which is not 
fantastic news. Well, let's call it a 66-5 run blocking grade. Um, switching over quickly to the negatives now. There were not too many mediocre guys, so there's quite a bit of negatives. But again, starting at the top, Kylan Hill didn't grade out super well. However, a little bit of context here. Um, primarily, it was as a receiver. Uh, his pass grade, they, as they put it, was a 45.8. Um, I want to check, see what is running grade, And obviously special teams is also a, an area where he contributes. Um, his, so his running grade was about a 65. So it was, it was fine. It was decent, but as a receiver is kind of where they dinged him. Mm-hmm. Um, get rid of, see, I got all these tabs open now. Mm-hmm. Tabs drive me nuts. Um, moving on, Daniel Crawford, tight end, 13 snaps, 58 overall grade. Um, Bre- uh, Bronson Kalfusi, 57 overall. Dennis Kelly was a little bit of a disappointment. I was kind of excited about him. He's a veteran guy. Uh, he played with Matt LaFleur. He kind of understands what's expected of him. Yeah. He's playing with a bunch of backups. I thought he'd come in and kind of like Funches be a, a, a man yep. among boys, but uh, yeah, show out. Yeah. he kind of got, got whooped a little bit. He got a 50.8 pass blocking grade, 58 overall run blocking. He Ouch. got beat off that right side pretty bad. Um, Chris Blair, wide receiver, 55 overall. DeAndre Tompkins, 54.5. Kurt Bankert, 54.1. He obviously, like we, we talked about before, he started off real hot. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like he was just slinging it. And yeah. he's still a fun guy to watch. Like he's, yeah. like we yeah. talked about during one of the mini breaks. Um, he's got nothing to lose. And he just kind of came out slinging it. And that was kind of to his benefit. But it caught up to him eventually. Yeah. And, and some of that playing free and playing loose. I mean, Rodgers can get away with playing, playing free and loose. But right. um, Kurt Bankert, probably not quite as much. And it, some of that stuff kind of caught up to him. I think he's talked about being a gunslinger. I think he's compared himself to a farm. You know, he wants to yep. get out there and, and throw that ball around, and he got burned. You know, that's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, for a QB3 that's just going to be a preseason guy, give me Brett Favre all day long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for yeah. my entertainment. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take, I mean, he's not going to be full, but I'll take 80% of yeah. Brett Favre. And he, yeah, he, he, can, he throws a good ball. If he's just fourth quarter entertainment for me in preseason, yep. give me yep. that exact style of quarterback. Uh, 22nd out of 25 was Mr. Isaac Nauta, tight end, 53 overall grade. Amari Rogers, unfortunately, 23rd. And we, we kind of mentioned it. Um, he didn't really do much. We were kind of hoping he'd kind of bust out and have a great day and all this stuff, but didn't, I mean, I, I didn't have your view of things, but clearly it didn't seem as though he was getting any separation. The ball was never coming his yeah. way. The few times it did, there was somebody kind of just right on him. Yeah. Um, but again, the one positive, when they did kind of do those short, quick little screens, he got north and south real quick, and he hits yeah. with a with a ferocity, yeah. just knocking into guys. Yeah, and in practice, they are using him all over the place. Yeah, now, one of well, and that's one of the things too. Like, what? Okay, you bring in that kid. A lot of what we're expecting to be his forte as a as a rookie in this system in this offense is that jet sweep motion. Well, that was all, if not all, but I didn't yeah. see it at no, all. You know, I, that, I don't so, remember that. Yeah, at all. so part of it might have been, and I saw you did see him run it in practice. Yep, and you can see him causing defenders pause back there sure. so that as much as anything obviously you want to see him perform better when you know when he's running routes and stuff like that but that, right. i suspect that'll come my biggest concern is him, you know putting the ball in the carpet and the punt return you know, yeah that. special teams is just in general it's just it's yeah. a nightmare we're cursed there yeah yeah does not look good of course you know they the practices for special teams are a joke you know it's like I, they're shooting 100%. the ball with a jugs machine the the, the part that's actually would literally translate to the field to me though is that 
the cat the catch. Sure. After that, they right. hit and then they release. They blow the whistle. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing. So why why would we expect them to be in their lanes and stay parallel to each other and do all mm-hmm. the things? They're not practicing that like at all right now. Yeah. But got to got to get better than that. Coverage and units were rough. And I, I understand that it's it's complicated to work that into your schedule, especially with the CBA stuff and limited right. time and all that. But it is annoying to hear the lip service about how seriously they That's take it. True. Yep. But yet we don't really allocate any time to it, right? Like yeah. like you know, Coach Hahn even mentioned the way that they structure their practices, offenses and defense keep practicing, and we take sort of those second tier guys and we're like, oh, you go over there and do special team yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's just. I get that it's not as important, but if you're going to say it's important and we want to get better, you're going to have to dedicate more time and energy to it. Well, and they did the Thursday practice. I was kind of surprised because they really, that was the shorter practice. Yeah. Um, they, they That was mostly special team yeah. work. Um, and so maybe if that is the focus moving forward, they'll be able, but again, they're not, they didn't, you know, they got the field split. You can't really practice your lanes. You can't get up to speed. They're basically practicing, if I'm a gunner, how do I handle a double team and get sure. inside or outside where I'm supposed to be? So 24th out of 25 now, second lowest grade, Mr. Patrick Taylor. Again, I didn't mind him as much as a running back, but the the one glaring thing that's standing out to me here um, is his pass blocking grade, 14.3, which tells me that he absolutely got lit up if we kind of come over here. His, his running grade was like a 55-ish, um, so that wasn't super spectacular, but... The overall, the biggest reason he got dinged was was his pass blocking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we come over here, you can see that on his... So he had two attempts, and he gave up one pressure. So you got 50% of the time, you're getting wrecked. That's gonna, They're going to ding yeah. you for that. And at 6'3", only 223, you got to feel like that he might have to put a little more meat on his frame at that height to be yeah. able to move. And he, and he can, yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally, Lucas Patrick was the lowest graded, which... Um, not only surprising because again, Lucas Patrick has played as a, as a starter and all these kinds of things, and he should be better off than that, but he's in a pretty heated guard competition. Um, him and, uh, Runyon, um, and Braden are the three, I think right now that are kind of rotating in that guard spot. And for him to not just come in last of the three, but last overall of, of the entire offense is, um, not super positive. But uh, anyways, we're we're an hour and twelve minutes into this, so this is oh, one of my longer hey, episodes. Time flies uh, when you're having fun. It feels like five <laughs> minutes to me. But all the I, listeners are like, <laughs> they they're not even here anymore. So hearts. if there's anything else you want to talk about, they all it's tuned out. They tuned point, out yeah. at about forty two yeah. minutes. They're like, yeah. all right, that's enough. I, I let's see what Bukowski's talking about. Crickets and <laughs> anyways, man, I appreciate you uh, coming out with me. It's a lot of fun, and I know you live far away, but I, hopefully we can do something like this again. Absolutely back again i appreciate you having me all right well that's going to be it um you folks have yourselves a fantastic day i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye goodbye